0: Well, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Annie, Damien. We choose Chisholm. They're engaged. Sorry to... uh, Yes. Um, Thank you. Um, You guys have been with us since day one, right? Uh, October 16th, 2016. And uh, you've always been faithful. Um, Welcome to Highlight, everyone. And, uh, we're so glad you're here. Um, yeah, we're, we're in week two of a series entitled Maximum Capacity. And, um, as a church, we've entered a season, uh, for the next few weeks where we want to trust God with all that we have because we understand that trust leads to transformation. And, um, I'm excited, uh, for the opportunity that God has given us as a church to impact the city that we are in. Uh, I remember last year for Christmas, we, we partner with uh, Family Service Incorporated, and uh, they, they do a lot of great things across Montgomery County. Uh, they've been around for a while. Uh, last year, we were able to adopt um, 17 families, and um, uh, initially it was 42 kids. Then they called us, and they needed some more help because— uh, Certain donors kind of backed out on them, and so we were able to sponsor and help uh, 25 more kids uh, last Christmas as a church, and uh, we were able to help 17 families and uh, about 67 kids there. This year already, um, we are able to sponsor 19 families and 85 children for Christmas who would not otherwise have a Christmas and so, thanks to your generosity, we're able to do that. My prayer is that we can, we can bump that up to about 15. Uh, what I love about our church, though, is that there were a few families in our, in our church last year that we had to see about first before we gave what we gave to FSI. So, I also want you to understand this, if you are in need during this holiday season, um, Paul encouraged us in the, in the New Testament. Paul said, let us carry each other's burdens. Don't be afraid to reach out for help, for assistance, um, so that God can, can move in your area of need. And so thank you for your generosity and uh, maximum capacity. We want to trust God with all that we have. Trust leads to transformation. So week two, how was week one for you? Was that Good, last week, praise God. Hey, ladies, how about flourishing last night? Wow, wow. Ladies, if you missed it, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, I think our next one, we're, we're praying about maybe April um, next year. We we do flourishing, women's gathering. Don't ask me the vision. Um, I don't know it by heart. Um, but uh, we do it three to four times a year. Um, we're thinking about uh, maybe pre- or post-Easter. Um, uh, 2019. Um, it was. I, I know it was a phenomenal time. So, all right, let's dive into week two. Um, so t- today will probably feel somewhat like a seminar um, of sorts. Um, I'm in a, a teaching mode, but I believe if um, you grasp onto these principles, you're gonna you're gonna be blessed if you give it time. And so I want to teach a few biblical principles in the area of stewardship, um, or management, or whatever you want to call it. You are the CEO of You Incorporated. You are the CEO of You Incorporated. And uh, th- this kind of um, this is staggering. The average household spends one hundred and thirty-six percent of its income. Uh, if you're good in math, that is not good. <laughs> It's like, oh, man, that's amazing. So I don't know if your wiles or your woes were like, that's terrible or that's good. That's terrible. All right? <laughs> 55% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Um, 95% of marriages argue on a weekly basis about finances. Um, finances are the number one cause of divorce in America. Um, the average individual spends $1.22 per dollar earned. The average American spends $0.22 cent more on the dollar. Uh, personally, I never saw my parents pray, um, budget, or plan to set financial goals. Um, and I was never taught things like credit, debt. Uh, how to deal with debt, um, equity, Uh, and I certainly wasn't taught the principles of God, what the Bible had to say about my finances. And so it was hard growing up and becoming an adult, it was hard for me to trust God in an area where I was unaware of how he felt or what he had to say. I didn't even know God cared about finances. Um. And so, thus, I got myself into a lot of bad situations. You know what I'm saying? I, th- I think we all um, can, can kind of relate, yeah. right? We dumb purchases, like, oh man, like my first car, you yeah, know, it's gonna be $700 and 28% interest, <laughs> APR. Let me call my broke uncle and see what he has to say about this purchase. Hey, Unk, I got this car. It's going to be $700 a month, 28% interest. Oh, yeah, you ought to buy it. That's a good interest rate. My broke uncle telling me to invest. And it's like, yeah. You know, A year and a half in, we're like, I hate this job, and I want to quit. We quit our jobs, and we don't think, like, dang, I got bills. And we end up in a hole. And so everything starts with mindset. Never never taught budget. As a matter of fact, I love my parents. They're great parents. Um, wouldn't choose different parents. And maybe they didn't know, right? But uh, I never saw them sit down and, and agree on anything when it came to finances. So growing up, it was like, as I got, I just spent. As I got, and I spent, and I got, and I spent, and I got, and I spent. So what I'm going to share today, I just want to tell you, like, we're in the same boat, um, I'm here. I'm with you. Uh, Pastor Kyra and I, we're working through debt. We're on the the right side of it. Um, We're working through some debt. Um, Our credit is building. We're working on our savings. So I'm, I'm not here as a master as much as I'm here as a brother and a pastor who cares. And I just want to pass on what God has to say. Forget what I have to say. Let's talk about the authority and the word of God. And let's try to practice these things. Today, I want to bring a message to you entitled, A Maximum Mindset. A Maximum Mindset. Join me in Matthew 25. We're going to start at verse 14. Is everyone here? All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, Verse 14 says this. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. I love it. You got to catch the, the language, the kingdom of, of heaven. So he's telling us that this is how God operates. This is how God thinks. This is, this is, uh, these are the principles by which God blesses and increases us. This is how you can take what you have, no matter what you have, but you can take what you have and increase it to the max. So. This is like the greatest uh, uh, stewardship uh, excerpt of scripture and all of scripture taught by the greatest man to ever live, Jesus Christ himself. So we, we need to really zone in on this because this is the way God thinks. And uh, if, if I could kind of modernize it, this is old ancient Jewish wisdom. Um, so, I, I'm, so okay I, I love that stuff. I could go into different things about Jewish wealth and all that, but let's just stay here. So here it is. Uh, 15 says this, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, uh, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip, says this here in verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest, so he went to work. He began to invest the money, and he earned five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Verse 18, but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Uh, So mindset, let's let's deal with mindset because mindset um, turns into action, actions turn into habits. Habits, essentially, if you're not careful, will define your character, and ultimately it ends up being your destiny. And um, so, I'd even encourage you, if you are in a season right now where you're seeing super margin, like you got thousands in your savings, you're checking, you're good, I'd encourage you to just still lean into these principles so that you can maximize the resource that God has given you. And so the first thing that we see here, a mindset to maximize what God has given us is we understand that. God is my source. That's, that's the first part right there. God is my source. And so it starts with God. Everything I have begins with the Lord. It doesn't come from me. Essentially, the, the, the story says that a man who planned to go on a long trip gave it. So Jesus, Jesus often preached in parables. Who am I, who's with me? Because some people are looking at me. Jesus preached in parables. Some of y'all just looking around like you got a billion. So if you do, there's the maximum capacity offering. December 16th, I have a lot of vision that you can finance. I promise you I do. So if you're good, good. I want to talk to the people who are linked in today. So, um, And so the master represents God the Father. He, he, talk, he talked in parables. Parables were... Um, uh, contemporary explanations of principles that Jesus would preach. As a matter of fact, and market said that Jesus never talked unless he spoke in parables so that it could relate to the common man. The Pharisees would stand behind the Bible and recite it word for word. And you were ready to leave church because you're like, I can go home and read the Bible. How does this apply to my life? So Jesus spoke in parables. So the master represents God. So God gave it to the servants. So God is my source. I am not my source. What does that mean, source? What I have did not come from me. Well, I had to study for it. Well, who gave you the mind? Who gave you the breath? Who got you on your two feet this morning? Well, I hustled for it. Who gave you the strength? Well, I made the connection. Who created the person that you made the connection with? God is the source. So if I'm going to maximize... I first understand that everything I have come, it comes from God. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18 says this. It says this here. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you, someone say this, power to be successful. Who does it come from? God. He is the source. So the master gave. So therefore, if I'm going to maximize what God has given me, The second thing, the second mindset by which I live by is this. It starts with him. I'll give him all the glory. I'll give him all the glory. I give him the glory because it comes from him. Well, I got through school. You're able to get through school because of him. You have the car that you have because of him. He created someone who had the mental capacity and the wherewithal to put together a car and over time, cars have gotten better. You didn't create the person to create the car. You didn't create the money so that you could afford the car. It all comes from him. So in order to maximize what I have, the second mindset that I have to adopt is this. I am a manager. He gave it to them To work it. So this puts God where he belongs. And it puts me where I belong. I'm a manager. I love this because this gives me an opportunity. To manage. What has come from God. That takes a lot of weight off of me. So I get a chance to, to move it around. And I love it. The Bible says that they invest it. And they worked it. Right. Pastor, man, I, you know, I'm, I got $20 in my checking. Nothing in my savings. Well, what are you going to do to work that 20 for the next two weeks until you get paid? Wow. You don't have to touch that $20. Right. And by the time next Friday comes around, instead of just that paycheck you're getting, you get that paycheck plus the 20 that you didn't touch. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out with that. But I'm a manager. I love what the scripture says, is that he gave according to their ability. Right. You have the ability to maximize what God has given you. Not just money, your relationships, your educational opportunities. Right. You have the ability to maximize it. The Bible says that for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of uh, love, power, and a sound mind. Some translations say self control. So you have the ability. And a lot of us will say, well, I need a job that pays me more. Where, where's my, my point? You don't need a job that pays you more. You need to, man- I am a manager, you need to manage better. Because what we're going to see in the story is, as they managed, God gave more. This is what I love about teachings like this. These teachings are not age-specific. So whether you're 82 or 12, these principles are eternal. Whether you have 30 dollars in a piggy bank somewhere or 30,000 in a checking. You feel me, Marcus? You can utilize these principles and increase what you have. Does anyone want increase? Does money have to be taboo in church? So are we on the same page? All right. Because I... I'm trying to behave, Lord, but they look. (laughs) like, all right, sporty guy. So this, I'm a manager, therefore, next thing, this is my mindset, I have to work the resource. I have to work my resource. It says that they worked and they invested. How do I work it? I need three things to work it. I need, number one, advice. Like I said, this is going to feel like a seminar setting. But this is the season we're in as a church. I need advice. There's a story um, where this young lady, she would um, do her cake. And she would kind of, you know, do it and mix it. and, and, And she would put half of the amount in the pan. And the flour, all the you know you get it the flour in the pan, only half she wouldn 't put the entire cake in the pan, and she she put it in, she baked it. she had a daughter, and her daughter would do the same thing cake, put half of the amount of the mix in the pan, put it in the in the oven, baked it. she had a daughter, so this is the original woman's granddaughter or, or the granddaughter, and she would do her mixture she would put it in the pan halfway just half of the pan and bake it they they never had a full cake and then it got down to the to the fourth generation and they would do the same and so that fourth generation would ask the mom um, mom why did you why why do you only put half of the mix in the pan and the mom said well I saw my mom do it you know why do you only put the she went back and asked her mom why do you do it well I saw my mom do it And she went back and asked her mom, why do you do it this way? And her mom said, well, it's because um, the oven that I had wasn't big enough to cook an entire cake. So I had to bake the cakes through half of the pan. And I just didn't have enough room because my oven was too small. So that mindset and that approach passed down four different generations. And they didn't know why they were doing something. And, and, And so much to my point earlier, I was never taught these principles We are prone to do things that we have been taught or that we have seen. And so I believe this. I believe that two of the workers multiplied what they had because they had been taught the principles of increase. So the first thing we need in order to work our resource is advice. Proverbs 15.22 says this. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. So what I want to do is I want to I expose my resources to those who have more experience, more knowledge. Right. And over time, they've increased their resource. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're going to get advice from someone, don't get advice from peers. You got to go up. Yeah. If someone has been further than you, you want to go where they are going. And it's, the Bible says, it says, many advisors bring Success. one of the greatest decisions that PK, Pastor Kyra, and I ever made was to go to certain friends or mentors who understood these principles greater than we did and who have been practicing financial aptitude longer than we have and to see the results of it. And it's very uncomfortable to sit here and say, man, here's my ledger sheet. This is my credit score. This, uh, uh, here it is. But when you, can, when you go to someone that you can trust, they'll be able to be honest with you and tell you, this is not good. This is unhealthy. But this is how you get out of it. So once I get the advice, I need, number two, I need a plan. We got the advice. Now we need a plan. 44% of Americans don't have $400 to cover a $400 emergency, Forbes magazine. 43% of student loan borrowers don't make payments. 33% of Americans have $0 saved for retirement. If you were to retire within the next year, you would need $1 million to not have a worry for the rest of your life. Millennials, when it's time for us to retire, we will need one point eight to $2.5 million to retire. Most don't have a plan. It said that they worked the the resource, so they got advice, then they got a plan. Most don't have a plan. This is what Jesus, here it is, Jesus, another story, he's talking about counting the cost. He goes here to Luke 14, 28 through uh, 30. He says this here. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you see that parable? Because it connects. He said, otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. I didn't know how much God cared about money until I started studying my Bible, and I saw that Jesus talked more about money Then he talked about heaven and hell put together. Because of the connection that it has in our hearts. And and then so he goes on and he says this here. He says, otherwise you might not complete it, and then everyone would laugh at you. (laughs) Jesus had a personality. Verse 30. He's probably one of ones laughing at him. So there's the person who started that building, and they couldn't afford to finish it. You need a plan. Pastor Car and I, just something that we do personally, we have what's called a biweekly budget. So as with most people, not all of us, is this okay? Am I boring you? I got to check in on you because some of y'all like... And then in five years, you're going to look at your account and you're going to be like, hey, I taught about that five years ago. <laughs> Go back to the podcast, 2018. Thought about that. Welcome to Highlight. (laughs) So Pastor Kyra and I, we get paid just like most people every other Friday. And um, we do a biweekly budget. Payday, the first thing I do when I roll over, I told you this last week, go back to week one. I roll over, I look at how much we received. I type in what I type in for our offering. The tithe comes out first. We taught that last week. The tithe belongs to God, 10%, simple math. If you get paid $2,000 every other Friday, 200 belongs to God. It's, it's a principle that he blesses. And he's not asking you to trust him in that. That's a step of obedience, okay? So the tithe belongs to God. We tithe, but we don't just give 10%. We, we do more than that, okay? So we give that. That's the first. I have to do that before I pay any bill. It belongs to God. He is my source. All right. So we do the tithe. And then the second thing we do, if you're taking notes and if you care, maybe you got a better plan. Connect if you do with everyone else. We do our online bills. Three people, right? We do online bills. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Online bills which some of which include the debts that we owe, student loans, so on and so forth. We're not a part of that 33%, thank God. Online bills. And then we do the items that we need to take out for cash. We do what's called the cash envelope system. Uh, barber uh, shop, nails, um, groceries, haircuts, things that we need, uh, grow, all of it. We take out cash. It could be 700 bucks, 800 1000 whatever we need for the two weeks to survive as a family. Because when we don't hit it on the head all the time, but we try and when we do it we get we have more money left over for two weeks on that next paycheck. There's your margin. But we do this because when we've rent and, and so we, we do dividers, haircuts. Uh, when we've ran uh, when we've ran out of money, we try not to touch the plastic. It's the plastic that gets you in trouble. Because you don't you just twenty five and you're trying to subtract it in your mind throughout the week. You lost count after the third purchase. No, no, no. It's the plastic that gets you in trouble. So when we run out of money, we don't touch the plastic. And sometimes we go back to the cash envelope at the end of the two weeks and there's 30, 60, 100 bucks still sitting in there that we can now roll over to be it debt or other bills or we can, oh, okay, well, let's go buy, let's go buy a shirt. Let's go, let's go to the movies. Let's go out to eat. Whatever, you can do what you want to do with that. So we have a biweekly budget. The second plan or thing that you must do is you must attack debt. The Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender. There are certain things that you just can't do in your future until you take care of in your present. So I'd encourage you to attack the smallest debt first. And then gradually attack the larger ones, you can look up snowball, um, debt snowball, look that up, debt snowball. Attack debt violently. Attack it, attack it. Some of you are probably discouraged because you're in a season where you don't have a job. I get it, you're going to get a job. When you get a job, I'm not going to stay there for too long. When you get a job, because God's going to bless you, implement this in your life. Then you want to save, save, save. The third thing you want to do with your resources, you want to build a three-month emergency fund. Three months of expenses. Rent slash mortgage, water, light, three months of it. So if that's 2000 for you, you want to try to get there as quick as possible, save up $6,000. Then you want to have a liquid savings. I know that this is like a fire hydrant for a lot of people but you have the ability. So you need a plan, right? They had a plan. The third thing you need is discipline. So I got advice. I got my plan. Now I got to go to work. I love it that this master who represents God didn't say, here's the resource. Now I'm going to take you by the hand and I'm going to show you what to do. He said, here's the resource, you have everything you need on the inside of you, now do it. Discipline. So this is what the Bible says about, it says a lot of things about discipline, but Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-three it says this, know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. In the day that Proverbs was written, flocks and sheep and herds and goats, they were worth a lot. So what the Bible is saying, this is written by Solomon, the, the wisest man to ever live, know the state of your resources. Know it to the to the dollar. Like even now, I, I wouldn't even it, it wouldn't even matter to me. I'm preaching, I wouldn't care if you pulled out your phone right now and you're like, dang it, I gotta. Okay. Whoo. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't even be offended. Right? Or oh, I'm good. All right take some more notes whatever your state is the bible says know the state of your flocks and stay on top of it be disciplined this is the problem we have disciplines but some are unhealthy write this down money is immoral immoral a m o r a l money is immoral which tells me that money is neither good nor bad the same 500, I can use 500, I can have $500, I can take the same 500, use, in a very ungodly way, I have kids in here, and use that same $500 to feed the poor. So, and we get that verse wrong all the time, money's evil. Like, you see people on social media talk about, ah, oh, money, money, money's evil. No, no, that, you're misquoting the verse. The verse is this, the love of money is the root of all evil. So it's how you feel about money. But if I understand that it belongs to God, I'm, I want to maximize my resource so that I can do things with my money that glorifies God and draws more people to Jesus Christ. And when I do that, God will then increase my resource. Okay, I just preached right there. That was my preaching point, but y'all missed it. Y'all. Okay, so it's good. That's why you're sitting still. All right, cool. There's another story Jesus told. I, I, don't, I didn't use the verse. He was talking about this man who worked all of his life. And the man said, man, I, I have a lot of money, and I have a lot of money coming in. He said, let me build up barns to store more of my money. Wow. And then Jesus told the story. He said, that very night, G, uh, God visited that man, and he said, your soul is required of you. And God pretty much said, what are you going to do with all this money now? Because I've never seen a and I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. He said, what are you going to do with all this money now? And he said, such is, he said, it's such is the route of many will go who store up riches for themselves, but who are not rich unto God. So this is not a teaching to increase your resource. But what I'm trying to do is show you how to be blessed because 2 Corinthians say God provides seed to the sower. So whenever God gives you something, he gives it to you so that you can sow. And so that when you receive the harvest, you give to people who have less than you. And it says this, it says he will continue to provide seed to the sower so that you would be generous on every occasion. This tells me that I am a funnel and a vessel. This tells me that as I incorporate these principles, I will never lack. And so as I incorporate the principles and I have to give it time, oh man, I gotta get to that point because it's the favorite part of my message. I'm, I'm getting there. As I give it time, the more I get, the more I give, but the more I get, the more I give, and the more I get, the more I give, and the more I get, the more I give, but if, if I just get, 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 eventually I'm not going to be able to hold everything I do have, and we're going to see the result of this man who did have something, and Jesus took it from him. I'm going ahead. All right, all right, all right, come on. Come on. This is good. This is good. This is good. Don't put your resource in a hole. We've got to stop spending beyond our means. In living frivolously. Practice healthy discipline. It says this, Matthew 25, verse 19. After a long time, their master returned from his trip. This is my favorite part of this story. Y'all got to catch this. Watch this. Key word, after a long time. I'm going to explain that. Their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. Let me keep reading here and then I'll go back to that point. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forth with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Woo! Wee! You did it! Yeah! Now I want to do something for you. Here it is. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Responsibilities, resource, influence, people. Hmm. Okay. Ownership, no man, okay. Verse 22, the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, master, you gave me two bags and I invest iron, two more. Verse 23, the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You honored the tithe. You gave offering. You served. You, you. oh, well done. You did the principles. You got advice. You put a plan in place. You were disciplined. Well done, Master, you gave me too bad. I said this. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. This is capacity that, that has yet to be filled. Wow. This is the amount I was given. But when I'm faithful with the principles, this, this just. Wow. Yeah. This, this is, and he says this. He says, I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The first thing I see back in verse 19 is this, time, Watch, write this down, time is a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Time is a gift. This says that he went away for a long time. Yeah. This tells me something about God when it comes to our resource. There's a season where God gives, then he backs off. and and he gives you 3 months, 6 months, 9 a year, 5 years. He and he doesn't tell us when he's going to come back to reward or reduce. We we're trusting in a God of seasons. So sometimes we're in the middle of a season and we don't even know it. And God has called us to trust and to apply biblical principles because there's going to come a time where you have to give an account. Be it when you go to buy the car. Well, you, you got a 450 credit rate, credit score. You know, I'll pay a couple hundred more on it. Just give me the car. I need it. There are, so for some, you're faithful in that season. Oh, man, you got 750, 800 credit score. You choose the price. Because there was a season where you were faithful with the principles of increase. So God is a God of time. Right now we want to harvest, but God is saying, I, I need you to, to, to utilize Principles I'm giving you. So I need you to write this down. Resource plus responsibility plus time equals reward. Resource plus responsibility plus time equals reward. Time is a gift. Proverbs 13, verse 11 says this Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes, quickly disappear. (laughs) Wealth from hard work grows over time. So it doesn't matter what you start with. What matters is is that I take what I had, utilize the principles within the time frame, that God gave me. What you do today, what you do with what you do today will determine the caliber of life you live tomorrow. Today determines tomorrow. Today's decisions, today's connections, today's principles will determine tomorrow. The conversations that my wife and I are having about our marriage will determine the quality of our marriage tomorrow. The vision that we have for the church, 20 campuses in 20 years, it doesn't even matter if we're not operating according to certain principles tomorrow. How you trust and serve God and love Jesus when you're single will determine the caliber of spouse you receive. Tomorrow, Let me get out. I want, to, I want to zone out because y'all think this is just about finances. These are principles of maximization and of increase. Time is a gift. Time is a gift. And then, then I, want, I want to leave you with this. God operates in seasons so you can leverage time for increase. Okay? The second thing I see here is that understanding is outstanding. Understanding is outstanding. I believe that those first two servants, they had, a under, had an understanding about their master that enabled them to manage well. So they trusted in the character of God. Yeah, okay, I just, went, I just went somewhere else with you yeah. that, that can bless you. They trusted in the character of God. And the reason we, we either it can be ignorance or fear, whatever it is, The reason we don't do what God calls us to do in every area of life is simply because we lack trust in his goodness. So there was something about these two servants. When the master came, he said, guys, I got to go on a long trip. But here are five, here are two, and here are one. I'm leaving. It's like, all right, we'll see you later. Um, All right, I got to work it. Because if I work it, I, I know him. I know he's a provider. I know he's good. I know he's a healer. I, kno- I know he's God. I know he's good. He's not here, though. But I know he's coming back. I Put one over here. Two, three. That should maximize it over there. I got to go talk to him because I don't know what to do with this last one. Hey, man, what should I do? I got, I, have, I invested four. I got one more left. What should I do? Oh, this is your plan with that last one. Uh, They did all these things with him not being present. You can't touch God. God is not tangible. But if you look back on your life, you see everywhere he manifested his glory in your life. Be it healing. He opened a door. He gave you a raise. He saved you from jail. He healed your baby. He, he gave you money. He, he opened a home. He sent a spouse. He healed your body. You know he's good for it. So they had an understanding about the character of their God that enabled them to trust in the principles that was given to them through God's word. And, and oh, let me give you this one. I always tell my leaders at the church this. I get the idea that they did not put a deadline on their obedience and execution. Don't put deadlines on God. God, if you don't do this in three months, I'm, I'm leaving the church and I'm leaving everything I love. <laughs> y'all know y'all be in the mirror just like that. God, I need a breakthrough. God's like, I know you need a breakthrough, but you need a breakthrough in obedience. And you need to understand that I'm good. Don't give God a timeline. You know why? Because these principles are eternal. They existed before you. And unless Jesus comes back before he calls us to heaven, they will exist after you. Just watch them move. They had an understanding. Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says this. But blessed are those, that word there means happy, who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. What is the end result of trust? Blessing. This tells me, Louis, that even though I have what I have, I don't have to look to the person who has more than me and feel depressed and despondent about my situation, if I would just trust in what the Lord has told me and instructed me in, I can turn my little 20 bucks into a lot, given the time. And if the one who has a lot doesn't practice these principles soon, they could be in the hole. I know people who make a million dollars a year, but they're still living check to check. Because every time they get more, they figure out how to spend it. Then I know people are making 50, 60 grand a year and they living it up. The principles. Understanding about who God is is outstanding. It's outstanding. Matthew 25, 24. Come on, close me out i got to practice two service-length messages. (laughs) Matthew 25, 24. It says this, Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you did not plant. My strength, my, my studying, my power. I knew it. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Here's your money back. (laughs) Okay. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I did not plant, and I gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? And at least I could have gotten some interest on it. The wisdom of God. (laughs) He's the boss for a reason. Nine times out of ten, wicked servant, at a certain point, now zoning out of God and just talking about these men in this story, nine times out of ten, the the master was once in the servant's position. Y'all missed that. Okay, let me keep going here. Then he ordered the money, take the money from the servant and give it to the one who has ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. We don't have this verse, but I'm going to read it. Because there's value in it. But he, quick write. (laughs) Verse 30. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness. Where there, will be gnashing, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He went straight to hell. <laughs> Jesus said, we don't want to preach that because we want to fill seats, but Jesus, throw him in hell. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk about that, Lord. But there's a, there's a principle in that, and is this last point. Vision adds value. Write that down. The third servant lacked vision that he could invest in. And this is not a shameless plug. I'm just going to go straight for it because this is what the Bible teaches. The local church is the vision of God. Vision adds value. He didn't have a vision that was beyond his self. So therefore, he mismanaged the resource, and he never experienced abundance. But when you learn to invest into something of eternal value, it will always maximize the return in your life. Damien, is it true? Annie, is it true? There was a season where, and you two didn't know it, but there was a season when we started the church um, I didn't know how I was going to pay rent November through January for the church. Not knowing that you guys have been faithful in your giving, it was you two who carried us over for three months as an entire church. Hence why I asked Chris to interview you first, because you've always honored God first. And now, Damien, I'm even... Texting you and saying, man, do you think you can lead um, Financial Peace University next summer? Because we want to equip our church with the financial principles that they need to be blessed. But so that they could invest and push the kingdom forward. So thank you for your faithfulness being so young. God is going to bless you continually. Um, oh well we still at one service I like Christmas If you're going to be in town I know they're going to announce it post-hosting But uh, you're going to get two of these cards And we hope to see you for Christmas uh, December 24th We're going to be right here 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. service It's going to be fun We'll be done with our maximum capacity series We're going to preach about Jesus And the love of God It's going to be so encouraging Please pray and ask yourself, who am I bringing to highlight Christmas? It's going to be a great time. Hey, let's let's pray, church. Father, we love you. We give you all the glory and the honor. God, we praise you for your goodness. Jesus, if there's someone in here who doesn't know your grace and your forgiveness, God, I pray that you would just open up their hearts, God. And with every head bowed and in prayer, if you don't know Jesus... I want to give you this opportunity on the count of three to raise your hand. God loves you. You are forgiven. All of your sins have been washed away. Today can be a new day for you. He sent the son to die on a cross for your sins. And on the count of three, if that would be you, if you don't know Jesus and you want to make him the Lord of your life, salvation is a free gift. Or if you're far from God and you're coming back to Christ, I want you to raise that hand. On the count of three, one, two, three. Raise it high. Raise it high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Go ahead and put those hands down, please. Thank you. Church, let's celebrate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let's pray together. Say, Father God, I love you. Forgive me for my sins. Fill me with your spirit. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In Jesus' name, amen.